1: This episode of Mode Push, we review the Singapore GP where Dan Jimenez, our own Dan Jimenez, was live today to take in the sights and sounds of an amazing race and an amazing finish. And a winner in Checo Perez, he almost didn't get the win even after uh, all was said and done. But uh, sure enough, he gets the W. We're going to recap the whole thing, the experiences from the sights and sounds to the food and the what you shouldn't do when you go to an F1 race. It's all coming up right now on Mode Push. Radio check loud and clear ksl sports and ksl podcast present mode push an american view of f1 starting now don't stop this is what you got with honestly i have guess it i absolutely guess it i enjoy this so f- much thank you thank you Points for Sergio Perez, who on the streets of Singapore wins the 2022 Singapore Grand Prix. This the greatest race for Sergio Perez. Vamos, Checo! Unbelievable! What a try. This is how we do it, man. We check our map and we work hard. This is the Mexican way. You heard it right there. It's the Mexican way. The winner of the Singapore Grand Prix for this year, of course, Checo Perez, Sergio Perez, flying on that first lap, immediately taking the lead and then never relinquishing, even after an investigation post-race. Welcome to Mode Push. Alex Curie here in Salt Lake City. Our own Dan Jimenez on the ground in Singapore Uh, hasn't even left Yet, and this is uh, the exciting part for us to be able to have uh, to be able to have him there. And and uh, Dan, we'll just jump right to you. It was your first race. I mean, I'm going to relinquish basically the floor to you. I feel like today because this was an amazing uh, opportunity for you to go over there and watch it. And certainly, it was not without drama. Because uh, an investigation after the race put Sergio Perez with a five-second time penalty, and that still gave him the win. That was enough to be able to fend off Charles Leclerc for uh, the win there. Max Verstappen finishing seventh. He'll have to boo-hoo, wait another week for a championship. That's good for us, though. We didn't have it wrapped up after this race. How was the whole trip, man? Oh, man, what
0: an experience. Drama's the right word from, you know, the race, the whole weekend, all three days, I mean, what a race! What a racetrack! What a city! Just an uh, incredible experience, lived up to and surpassed all my expectations. I uh, it, it was it was awesome uh, to to come out here and, and see uh, see the race and, and uh, Singapore was a great host. Just so many fans. I think they said it was a record-breaking crowd. Um, you know, folks from uh, all all over the world. Uh, just a super diverse uh, 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 crowd, and um, yeah, and the racing wasn't half bad either.
1: So with the with the rain and with everything everybody was on inters basically the entire weekend it seemed like and so uh that green tire proves to be kind of a weird thing and then suddenly uh halfway through the race everybody starts saying hey man I'm diving in I'm grabbing the slicks and then it was a race to try to see who could uh, stay on those slicks and eventually everybody kind of stayed on those and and uh You know, Max Verstappen was kind of interesting in the race because he ends up seventh, and it was just an up-and-down thing for him. But people sliding everywhere. You had, I think, uh, six DNFs, you know, guys just going off the track, uh, crashing into one another, Uh, engine problems for, uh, you know, Fernando Alonso on his 350th uh, Grand Prix. That's a pretty cool thing to be around for the old man's 350th uh, uh, Grand Prix as well. So in the end— What's the what was the vibe uh there at the place in terms of like how, what everybody thought about uh where the finishing podium was you had Ferrari at a two, at a at a 2 3 you have uh you have you know Sergio at the top there but you know this is kind of an interesting weekend too because you had an excellent weekend maybe their best weekend from McLaren all season long and they take the lead in the constructors championship from Alpine but uh you know you, you had a good weekend from even the 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 uh not just the not just those guys from Alpine, but, but also the, uh, oh my heavens, the, your guys, the, the green, the green team, the, the, the double points, right, yeah, green Aston, team, Aston Martin, Lance Stroll, like had his best finish of the year. I think he finished sixth. And so, you know, there, there were all sorts of things in this, in this race that made it a lot different than maybe a, a regular weekend. And, and at least we had some racing to talk about.
0: Yeah. The vibe in the, uh, in the, in the paddock and the stands was, um, I mean, tons of fandom and support for the three that you would expect with uh, Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari. And then a lot of McLaren uh, fans out there, just a ton of, you know, the papaya orange, which uh, I thought was interesting. And then it kind of drops off uh, a cliff from there in terms of, you know, you don't see as much uh, Aston Martin support or Alpine. I I can't even think I, I saw an Alpine shirt the entire weekend on any fans, which I thought was interesting. But, um, yeah, the vibe uh, in the stands was a, a lot of people pl- pulling for Charles and, uh, you know, wanting to see him get that win. Uh, and the Max fans, uh, who were pretty loud at the start of the race, quickly, I think, turned their uh, support over to Checo when they realized it was out of reach for Max. Um, and so, yeah, the, it was just a, a great race uh, from, from the stands because, uh, like you said, lots of drama with people running uh, out on the wet before the race um you know we were all sitting around talking uh and thinking man wouldn't it be great if it just absolutely dumped right before the race but then it stopped raining so we wouldn't have to sit in the rain but we still got a wet race and uh yeah the the sky opened up um about an hour before the scheduled start time and uh, you know monsoon level torrential downpour uh and then it, as quick as it came it went away and so uh, we got our wish uh, which uh, created a, a very dramatic race
1: uh, part of the dramatics too were I think we we're watching this whole thing and you anytime you have conditions change like that pace kind of doesn't really matter but we're you able to get through the weekend kind of what I mean I, I guess I don't know after after that little break, you kind of just hope that 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 the gap shortens between you know Max Verstappen and Red Bull and and Ferrari. It, was there was there an idea, or and that maybe Mercedes finds something too, right? And so you don't really get a, a sense after a, a really wet race, and when you see just conditions kind of all over the place. So, what was the vibe on on the on the pace of these cars? Like, had somebody figured some things out in some of these dry sessions? Did we see who, or are we just really not going to know? Maybe until another dry until another dry race in a couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I don't think we got a really good read of um, where everyone is shaking out after the the two week break. So we might have to wait to Suzuka. Obviously, um, Red Bull didn't really show a ton of um, pace during practice, but I think that they were just kind of going through the regular playbook and then we're going to bust it all out during qualifying. And Max was up uh, on, on Charles for, for the uh, poll there. And then uh, the controversy of him getting called into the pits on his last lap, which I was sitting in that last corner during qualifying and uh, we had heard over the loudspeakers that Max was, you know, purple or just, you know, on track for, right. for uh, pull, his pole lap. And then he dives into the pits and we were all just confused. Like, what was that about? And, um, yeah, it turns out he didn't have enough fuel uh, in, in tank to be able to provide the required fuel sample. And so he had to get pulled in. Or else, he right. would have started dead last. So uh, the, re- the rest place, of so. us,
1: the rest of us at home, had to hear the uh, radio message, which was quite colorful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <let's see. laughs> <Yes>. I always <laughs> love you know. It's funny because uh, people were, were pointing out Yuki Tsunoda drops hundred f bombs in a <laughs> in a session, and people yeah. are like that kid needs to settle down. Max Verstappen doesn't. You go, wow, what a competitor!
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That was a great audio clip.
1: As you start to look at some of these uh, finishes here and we kind of set up for the rest of the season. I think that this is I think this is great for racing. I think it's great that Sergio one anytime he gets a win it feels like uh something personal. I I would imagine everyone would be like this. Every racer would be like this, but you know, he's he's looked at definitely as that number 2 guy. I mean, everybody is number 2 to Max Verstappen. And so, why wouldn't you be and Sergio Perez to have a win like this? I mean that's as that's as good as it gets. I mean this guy, and all it seems like all the top racers in this in this uh, in this series, all the F1 drivers who are at the top in that top tier. Uh, and I wouldn't put Checo necessarily in that top tier of racers, but he is exceptional in the wet. And there are a handful of guys who are like that. And so when you see a guy like him win and you see him uh, hold on to that entire thing, and he had a, luckily he had a seven and a half uh, second pad uh, before they they uh, levied that five second. Uh, you know penalty against him and and I didn't really get it because they're like, oh, he was getting way too close to the to the safety car. and I'm thinking I thought that I mean it it seemed like one everybody complains about how slow the fa- the the safety car goes uh, Lewis Hamilton was an expert at living next to Burt Mylander in that in that freaking uh, safety car so I don't know what the what the regulation really is and why they had to talk to him they had to, they actually reprimanded him once and then gave him the five second penalty as well.
0: Yeah, it' it, from my understanding, the rule was that the leader has to stay within ten car lengths of the pace of the safety car. And I think what happened is there were uh, three times that uh, he was actually outside of that. So I think it was more that he wasn't keeping close enough, rather than getting too close. Um, And they gave him a warning the first time, and then the uh, then he had two individual kind of moments or during. Uh, two of the corners, uh, I think, around lap 35 or 36. So if you were to add all those up, you're like, oh, it should be at least a 10 or 15-second penalty, and that would have handed the win over. But I I, I felt like that the five-second penalty is probably uh, appropriate for the severity of the infraction, which is really not, a, I don't think, a very big deal. I don't think it's a safety issue or, or a competitive advantage issue. Um, so, But I, going back to, to Cheka's performance, I'm with you, like, Every time he wins, and he's this is his fourth win now. I, you know, the common saying is like, "This is the biggest win of his career," and I really do think that that applies in this case. Obviously, Monaco was a big win because of the venue, but um, you know, he had to do it here in Singapore in the wet and the dry through um, qualifying and the race, and his skill was just on display. He uh, he got an amazing start, uh, was able to get uh, to first by the first corner. And then you know Charles was was pushing hard uh, and keeping the pressure on him and, and made multiple attacks where he was getting right on his gearbox and and he held strong and, and honestly didn't put a tire wrong the entire race uh, and and then when he they knew that then it, the investigation was coming and they gave uh, Checo the heads up that he needed to stretch that lead out it's it was just like a light switch turned on um, and Charles couldn't do anything about it and all of a sudden uh, Checo was. Seven and a half seconds up the road. So yeah, he's he. Uh, I think has has put. Um, I think with this win, any any doubt um, to the side of uh, his uh, you know belonging there in that second spot at Red Bull. So uh, I'm really happy for him, and it was a popular win at, at the track. Uh, everyone was was excited for Checo. He's just so likable.
1: Yeah, I think when you see anybody at the top of the podium that you don't necessarily anticipate before a race that would be there. And to have to bust your butt that much to be able to get there too, I think people. I mean, he was beyond, you know, driver of the day, uh, you know, in the voting when it came when it came through, you know, on the TV side. You're like, well, of course, this guy, uh, right. just from start to finish. I mean, it, it's it's hard to have a a a start to finish. You know, when 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 Ferrari's breathing down your neck, and arguably the best, one of the best drivers in the world is right behind you the whole time. Then that you know makes a difference. And so I think a lot of folks look at at what happened today and they go, great. For two reasons, I look at it and I go, good. Uh, for as much as I think it, it, Max Verstappen is beyond deserving of the world championship this year. the 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 sport doesn't need this thing to end with you know six races left or whatever it is. It, I, it's no good uh, for this thing to end without a little bit of drama. And so, I, you know, I was when I'm watching this thing too, Dan. I'm 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 looking at it from the TV perspective. I was trying to you try to take in the scenery around, and I'm definitely like there were maybe 10 times where I paused and tried to look and see where you were on the track. <laughs> and I'm like, I am like, okay, oh, there's a grandstand shot. And they have the most random shots up there of just of people who are up there who don't even know they're on, you know, uh TV and they're barely and they're barely paying attention. And I go, just put it on Dan for two seconds and let's get his like, Uh, tired mug as they're going through this thing you must have been
0: you would have seen me uh you would have seen me just poured in sweat (laughs) there is no place on earth I've been that compares in humidity levels to Singapore and I've, I've spent some time in some pretty humid places but this it's another level here on the equator in Southeast Asia and yeah, if the camera had caught me it wouldn't have been a pretty sight.
1: <laughs> it was it's like the worst wet t-shirt contest on the planet with all these guys who were out exactly. there sweating their butts off. Uh so I but I'm also trying to take in like what the, the you know the environment looks like. And I think that Singapore, Abu Dhabi's a lot like this. These night races, they do so much to make it look really really compelling and I feel like that there is something that they for some reason it feels like this track they bust everything out, like even to where on the finish where they have that giant TV that the winner parks on, you know, that has like that – it's like that angled, uh, you know, giant television that has a screen underneath the car and on top of it has the winner on there. I'm like, oh, that's fantastic. Plus the fireworks around that go around the edge, uh, you know, into turn one and through that thing. And, and the fireworks, I think, went off for maybe 30 minutes, it seemed like, too, just kept going. <laughs> so in terms of, a, a, of an environment – and the assault on the senses like are you wearing ear protection or are you how, how is it that it's actually like taken in from there and how much can you actually like follow the race because it's one thing for me to watch it on TV and to see all those angles. Are you guys watching a big TV during the whole thing and is it the same type of a, of a consumption of this thing where you see all the lap times and do they do a pretty good job of making sure you guys are up on the entire race even though you're at one corner of a, of a big track.
0: Yeah, so I was sitting in turn one, kind of that turn one and two um, area. And so we had a television directly across the track from us. And so that has the live feed from, you know, F1 TV. Uh, and then they over the loudspeakers, they have like a, a live track um, set of commentators. So it's not Crofty and everybody on Sky Sports, but it's a, a local um, set of announcers. And so, yeah, it, it's you get a pretty good sense of what's going on in the race. You can see it. Um. Uh, the, the obviously the running order and the replays. Uh, but you don't get a lot. Um. A lot of the radio chatter, like when it, when the radio chatter comes on over the loudspeakers, like you can't hear it. It just. Um. It's kind of too loud there in the stands. Um. So there's a little bit of detail that that you miss that that if you're watching from home, uh, people are getting. Uh, but I, all in all, I think that the uh, the track and then the city itself does just such an incredible job of, um, putting this event on. And I kept thinking through the weekend, man, Las Vegas has a lot to learn to be able to and Miami too, but I'm thinking more specifically Las Vegas to be able to match an experience like this. It's the city goes all out. There's, you know, tons of support from the government. Um, you know, not only are streets closed, but like you said, there's just, um, events and attractions all over the track and, and around the city uh, to make it, uh, an, an experience. And like, I was thinking even when the rain was coming, I was like, yeah, it'd be a bummer if the, uh, if the race rain out or rained out kind of like in Spa last year, but honestly, there's so much going on around this city that I, you know, I wouldn't get bored. Uh, and, uh, you know, from the light shows, I felt like there's a drone light show going on every time I looked up into the sky and, uh, you, you know, like you said, the fireworks, it was uh, a visual spectacle Unlike anything I've I've ever
1: seen. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll convert in Utah to the uh, to the drone fireworks in the future, so we don't have to have the discussion about uh, fires, uh, you know, going on here in the West. But I, you know, I, I'm watching this whole thing, and I'm kind of looking at it through the lens of knowing you're there, knowing that uh, that this race is uh, got a lot on the line because everybody's waiting to see if Max Verstappen was going to be crowned the champion. Everything was, you know, every he- headline today is Max Verstappen doesn't finish on the podium, can't wrap up world championship. And I'm like, everybody, you don't want him to wrap up this championship. Do we remember last year that the the, the entire championship came down to a a half a lap, essentially, you know, in the final race of the year. You're not going to get that yeah. every year. But this is the thing that I think that F1 and, and some of these it, that, that you look at and you go, man, that, that's a real bummer when you see races where they're, you know, the, the, the winner – Uh, you know is in front by uh, 72 seconds and uh, in a day like today when you have the conditions like they are to be able to have a race that that has a little bit more mixed results I think is is fantastic for the sport so here's what the points look like and I'll ask you a question about uh, Sir Lewis Hamilton here in just a second so in the points Pierre Gasly at 10 Lewis Hamilton at 9 Sebastian Vettel uh, nice showing by him. He got passed on that last lap and a half there too. Uh, and Max Verstappen was just like on a on a on a tour of of trying to like just take everybody out. It seemed like so. Uh, and then Max Verstappen was six points in seventh place there. Lance Stroll six. Daniel Ricciardo and 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 Lando Norris a very quiet f- uh, five and four. Like it, it was interesting because oh. you didn't hear that much about these guys, even though you said McLaren had a, a ton of support there. They finished with double points and double double figure points as well they finished with 22 as a team and, and probably their best weekend and I thought it was really nice for Danny Rick to have the weekend he did and then of course the podium signs Leclerc and Perez at the top of that thing so out of out of everything what was a storyline maybe that you looked at and you said uh oh, people aren't talking about this enough or or uh or kind of where things are in the championship versus what we're seeing because it seems like Red Bull, you knew they were probably going to win the constructors, but this really kind of uh, puts a chokehold on Ferrari. When even when Max Verstappen isn't winning, Sergio Perez. Yeah,
0: I think that um, what we saw this weekend is that Max Verstappen is indeed human. You know, and he makes mistakes uh, like other drivers, but uh, very rarely. Uh, when he tried to make that pass after the safety car restart, um, and everyone had con- had gone over onto uh, the slick tires. Uh, I mean, he, like you said, he was pushing hard for every single pass was being really aggressive. And then on that restart, just uh, stepped out of the dry line and tried to make the, the dive bomb work on the wet and, and immediately just was a bad idea. I, I kind of saw it coming as soon as he popped out. I'm like, uh, this is not going to work. And yeah, sure enough, he, he blew, he blew through the corner into the runoff area. I think we saw Lewis do something similar too earlier in the race and so yeah the two world champions getting caught out by yeah. trying, trying to be a bit too aggressive on slicks in the and wet. George, George Russell um, George
1: it, Russell did the same thing and that's a guy who had a, a really poor showing today like he could have taken advantage of the fact that uh, he I mean to finish two laps down and in, in dead last of the finishers was about as bad as it gets for a guy like George who usually doesn't have a day like that in the rain
0: yeah he had to start from the pit lane right uh, because he took a new power unit and then uh, I think he was the first car to go to Slicks. Uh, I think that was probably a move by Mercedes to experiment. They're like, well, he's already you know out of the points as is. Let's sure. experiment and see if he can pick up, a, a, up an advantage and then we'll have Lewis change over. But, yeah, not a great running um, by, by George for someone who's been so consistent all year.
1: When you look at the uh, driver standings for the championship, you still have a, Max Verstappen's clear of Charles Leclerc by 104 points. Sergio Perez pulled within two points of of uh, of of Charles. I think Checo. I mean, I don't see him finishing second in this thing. But I think that if there's a guy, if if Sergio Perez is able to to nip Charles Leclerc in these last few races and, and take that second position, I mean, that might be one of the better storylines of the year because it's like you know Max Verstappen is the best driver, and and you know I, I couldn't imagine. Red Bull not wanting to extend that guy even further because I think his contract goes through next season. But uh, you know, you think about all the the shifts and the ups and downs. He's a he's he's a perfect mix. Checo is of a, of a team player, but also like uh, he he has yeah. just enough edge to be kind of pissed. Like he get like he's getting shorted. Like <laughs> I'm also probably going to be the world champ at any moment here, guys. Don't you? And I know he believes it. Every one of these freaking guys. You can't be in a racing seat in F1 without thinking that. But the egos on these dudes is so massive. But uh, Sergio also like has a really really good uh, PR team. His family must just be able to be like, "Hey man, here's how we play this thing." We go in there. No one expects us to 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 perform this way because everybody's talking about Ferrari and uh, and Charles and Carlos and and then and you forget about about Checo sometimes.
0: Yeah, he's he's that perfect balance, like you said, of playing the support role um, and helping his teammate out, like he did, you know, in Abu Dhabi last year with with giving. Uh, Lewis Hamilton a heck of a time uh, during uh, that race to help out Max. But then, like you said, uh, as soon as he can smell the lead, he doesn't back down and, uh, uh, you know, is able to win uh, when Max uh, isn't, you know, having, having a day. So uh, if you're Christian Horner, I have to think that uh, you love that mix. You love the personality that he brings to the team uh, in, in just, I guess, Hope that he doesn't uh, maybe get a little bit too competitive with Max. We'll, we'll see. I would love to see it. Um, and in Red Bull would love to have not only the Constructors' Championship but the one-two finish on the drivers and just um, really kind of put this thing to bed. But uh, I'm with you. I think Charles will uh, continue to fight. Uh, I think it's a matter of pride at this point that they, they have to finish second this year. Uh,
1: okay, I'm going to ask you a couple questions around this thing out here since you are, you're now our most experienced uh, traveling uh, reporter out there in the field, so... <laughs> Uh, best, best meal that you ate in Singapore and, uh, thing that you would go, okay, I'm going to do that differently next time. Next time I go to a race. Oh, that is a
0: good question. Um, I think the best meal was some dim sum that we had, uh, in, uh, kind of one of the local markets here. Is this that, the one uh, that, uh, uh the Shlund robot, stuck.
1: is this the one that ro- the robot brings to you? Is that a robot? It
0: <laughs> yes. 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 So a robot seated us, took us to our, our table. Um, and then, uh, it was, it's like, uh, a dim sum factory. There was probably lost count, but you know, 20, 30 people in the kitchen. there, just, just making dumplings. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh probably one of the best meals that I've ever had. And I, we ordered way too many different types of dumplings and they just kept bringing the stacks of those, um, of those little kind of platter, wooden platters out. Uh, and it was excellent. Yeah. What's so that was the, the best uh, meal for what's sure. the
1: name of this place then? So we can, uh. Um, throw it out there. So it's a Michelin it is, star. Din, yeah, Din Din
0: Tai Fung, something like that. Uh I I can put it uh we can either put it in the show notes or I can put it out on Twitter. But yeah, din Din Tai Fung, I think. And it's actually a uh a bit of a, a kind of a chain out here. There's multiple locations. Oh wow,
1: that's a, um, that's a you don't see that a lot.
0: Yeah, it was it was it was excellent. That was the best
1: meal. I'm trying to find it. You know, it's terrible. As I'm looking at this, I was like, how hard would it be to find Michelin star dim sum restaurants in Singapore? There's 10 of them. (laughs) There's all these these, uh, Michelin star dim sum restaurants just in Singapore. And I'm going, oh, I thought maybe we'd be able to find this thing easily. Well, the good news about dim sum uh, and uh, Michelin stars is it's super, super cheap. You get that food really, really inexpensive, I'm assuming, right? (laughs)
0: No, th- this one actually is. This is why we picked it. Is it's one of the few like oh, that's actually awesome. like you, you can get a meal for ten ten bucks. No way. So yeah, a yeah, Michelin starred
1: a Michelin star restaurant for ten bucks in Singapore. Yeah, and there's and there's a there's one
0: here in the airport. We haven't had time to go to, but there uh, is a ramen place uh, that has a Michelin star here in the airport as well. I feel like the airport. Is, I, I is... feel
1: like the airport is just as cool as any other place you can visit in Singapore.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. It's it's a uh, pretty incredible and just not just like visually and just like the attraction, the waterfalls, the rainforest and all that stuff. But like the way that they run customs and security is, is, you know, smoother than anywhere I've, I've, uh, I've seen.
1: Uh, What's the worst part about this trip? Like where you go, Oh man, I could have missed that. Like, or, or the part that you go, that's a hassle of trying to go to an F1 race.
0: (laughs) Well, I would say the worst part of this trip was the heat and the humidity (laughs) um, for sure. So if I could do it all over again, I you know, you know, VIP passes to the paddock maybe would have been nice, but <laughs> we're probably a ways away from being able to do that in the future. Um, but as far as traveling to an F1 race, I mean, it was a really far race to get to. Um, I think that you could have similar experiences, uh, Canada, uh, Austin. I know Miami and Las Vegas are relatively new, so they're probably still getting their whole fan experience dialed in. But uh, I think that, f1 tourism is you know maybe the, the the future strategy for me and we'll see how many times we can do a race before my wife uh, catches on that we're exclusively going on vacations <laughs> to, where there happens to be a race uh,
1: going on that weekend how uh, okay so how many days was this then I, I, this is like a 12-day venture then wasn't it
0: um I, yeah I, I last had boots on the ground in in the u.s 17 days ago so oh, my um my wife we'll see if she talks to me when i get
1: home uh, I haven't done that long of a trip, but it is it is uh, tough because the nature of my job is the same way. When you get back and you try you try to claim how tired you are, uh, it's a bad move because you're like, oh yeah, you're super tired from watching a bunch of sports. That's basically what I <laughs> what I get when I come I, home from yeah, a trip ex- like this.
0: I expect zero sympathy, <laughs> and I you know, I probably have some fractured relationships after after this with the, how long we were gone. So uh, it'll be some work for you to get home.
1: So now that you're the experienced guy, we'll have to take all the things we learned into Las Vegas next year then. I think it's almost a, a foregone conclusion that we have to figure that race out next year in America. I'm
0: down. I'm totally down for that.
1: All right. Well so you don't hate it yet. That's what's good. You don't you haven't you haven't said I'm not gonna do this for a while because there's some trips that I do uh to some of these long faraway games, some of these like uh you know, bucket list type things where you go, I don't know if I'm gonna do that again. But it takes a few months and then you go, No, no, I'll i I'll go do it again. All right, so from the constructor's standing, uh you have the drivers, like we said, who are it's one, two, three right now, uh, Max in the lead, far out and away. Checo's in third, and then you have, uh, and then you have uh, Charles, of course, right there, sandwiched between the guys trying to run down any semblance of of, uh, of some championship points and a miracle, obviously, for him to be able to to uh, figure that one out again. So when you think about schedules, uh, you're going to be out. Uh, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the schedule here for the next few races that we have and the stuff we're going to be able to uh, come up with here. But you had, of course, uh, this weekend, and then you're going to have next weekend. In Japan, at uh, at you Yaku- uh, I almost called it yakuza, uh, Suzuka. At Suzuka, yeah. yakuza would be the one you don't want to visit. If if someone invites you to a race <laughs> at yakuza, you're going to be murdered in Japan. <laughs> uh, and then and then the race after and then uh, two weeks after that, we'll have our our uh, our U.S. Grand Prix uh, in at uh, in the uh, latter part of October. So, uh, Dan, I hope you had a fun time, man, and we'll let you loose here so you can get on your plane and then uh, make your way here stateside, and then we'll chat again later in the week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much. I, uh, I'm looking forward to doing a more in-depth recap of just the whole fan experience. There's just so many, uh, you know, really interesting details about, uh, what, what we saw here that I, you know, I think that would be interesting to listeners as well as kind of help prep anyone who's going to be going to a race in the future. So I'm excited to do a deeper recap.
1: All right. For Dan, I'm Alex. We appreciate you guys joining us here. If you uh, know anybody who loves F1 or is getting into it, Tune them onto the podcast. Let's get this thing going, and let's uh, let's make sure that they, that they know that there is an American podcast here that talks about F one. And they even have such a huge budget to be able to send uh, one of their hosts to uh, Singapore. All right, uh, for Dan Jimenez, Alex Curie for KSL Sports and KSL Podcast. We'll catch you next time on Mud Push, everybody. Music.